I'm Albert Schultz, Artistic Director of Soul Pepper. Thank you for downloading our latest podcast with some of the very best moments from this past Saturday's cabaret. This week, it's a stray dog salon called Furtive and Fervent, featuring resident artist and saxophonist Colleen Allen, poet and novelist Ann Michaels, guitarist-composer David Gray, singer-songwriter David Sarita, and special guests for a one-of-a-kind evening of music, poetry, and theater. myself on a cool damp night I gave myself in that misty light hypnotized by a strange delight under a lilac tree I made wine from the lilac tree I put my heart in its recipe It makes me see what I want to see Be who I want to be But I think more than I want to think Do things I never should do I drink much more than I want to drink Because it brings me back you I cannot see clearly 
isn't that he coming to me nearly here lilac wine is sweet and heady where's my Listen to me, am I going crazy here? Lilac wine, I feel unready. The Stray Dog Salon. Thanks you for being here. The Stray Dog Salon is dedicated tonight because the themes are furtive and fervent. So we dedicate the Stray Dog Salon tonight to the High Park Peacock, <laughs> which despite Attempts by four levels of government has not been found. Actually, it has been found. It has not been captured. There is a difference. Do you know what that means, my friends? What it is like to be found and yet not captured. I think you do, knowing laughter, knowing laughter, giggle, giggle silent approval. So welcome to the Stray Dog. I think we've done almost 50 of these suckers. Uh, always a different theme. Uh, so there are some familiar dog faces here, definitely. And um, furtive and fervor, fervent. Furtive and fervent. Fervor. Fervor, fervor, fervor. Um, it's not something that I think uh, Canadians are celebrated for usually, is it? <laughs> Uh, but actually, I think that we should uh, we should dial up our fervor. I think that um, I think we should take a page from that escaped, deranged peacock of late of High Park, now making its way into the hipper neighborhoods around Ossington. 
Last, last scene lining up at that bar. Well, you, you probably know what it is, the hipster bar. <laughs> oh, make way, it's the High Park Peacock. Make way, make way. <laughs> what do you have? I don't know, what do you serve a peacock? A cocktail? No, a cocktail, <laughs> ah! There's many more out there. I'm There's sure. many Shout more out, out there. Shout them out. Um, so yes, furtive, furtive, like, I don't know, good federal government, like furtive, like, um, what? My train of thought, <laughs> furtive, like, but this is, what, this is exactly what it is. You see, people say, well, what are you going to do at the Stray Dog? And I said, if I knew, I wouldn't tell you because it would change by the night we did it. But we do have a set list, uh, and which we have not quite deviated from yet. Um, Stray Dog Salon started uh, inspired by the name of a legendary cafe. Uh, in St. Petersburg, which ran from about 1911 to 1914, very short period of time. But it was called the Stray Dog Cafe. And it was where artists would come after their shows and hang out. And uh, the guy who owned the place had, um, had a, a really interesting concept about treating artists. For an artist, uh, and he called everybody else pharmacists. Now, I, I don't take that personally, even though coincidentally, coincidentally, both of my parents were pharmacists. I don't, I know, really, serious, I'm not making this shit up. And uh, I kid you not. And uh, so, if, so for the artist, a, doll, a, a bottle of a champagne was five bucks, and for the pharmacist, it was 25. So he was subsidizing the artist's bad habits, basically. Um, but people would perform, and they would sing a new song. They would, they would um, sing, you know, we have poetry slams now. Well, there, Anna Akhmarova would come, and she would read a new piece of, of poetry, and, and, and everyone was wrapped. And, the, and the, the walls were murals that were done by the scenic ar artists of the Bolshoi Ballet. Um, so we have a beautiful um, coincidence, uh, no, well, not coincidence, we planned this actually, but coincidentally, here's the coincidence, Rosemary Sullivan will be releasing her new book, Stalin's Daughter, on June 1st, which is in two days, and she's going to read for us. Um, before we have Rosemary up, we have a, a beautiful um, treat for us. Um, Anahit uh, uh, Kutsuzian is a singer uh, from Armenia. She has performed internationally. She now calls Canada her home. And we are privileged to hear Anahit this evening at the Stray Dog with a Russian song to pave the way for Rosemary's reading. Please welcome Anahit. Uh, I was going to sing a love song, uh, but I changed my mind. I'm going to sing another love song, but uh, it's a very popular song, uh, Russian song, Dark Eyes. You may have heard this before, so we will make some connection. So, Russian Dark Eyes. It says they are so beautiful, so passionate, and I wish I'd never met them, but that's my luck. <laughs> and at the end, I'm happy having them, loving them. Как люблю я вас, 
боюсь его, Сознать увидел сияние в добрый час. Лучи черные, лучи жгучие, Лучи страстные и прекрасные, Как люблю я вас, как боюсь я вас, Знать увидел вас я не в добрый час. Вижу траур в них по душе моей. Не встречались мы, не влюбились мы, не расстали бы, не страдали бы. Лучи черные, очень жгучие, очень страстные и прекрасные. Знать увидел вас я не в добрый час. Please welcome Rosemary Sullivan to the stage. Thank you, Anna Heath. Thank you, Anna. That was a perfect setup for Svetlana. <laughs> Passionate, furtive, fierce, outrageous, uh, and wonderful. You may wonder how I began this book uh, in a discussion with my New York editor. I said I'd read the obituary in which uh, the, they quoted Svetlana saying, no matter where I go, to an island, to Australia, anywhere, I will always be the political prisoner of my father's name. And I thought, there's a life to tell. As you know, uh, uh, Svetlana uh, defected from the Soviet Union in 1967, uh, turning her back on her past, and uh, spent 45 years of her life in the West, 41 years in the Soviet Union, with impeccable English in the West, which gave me access to all her letters. I'm going to begin by reading from a scene which opens the book. It's called The Defection. At 7 p.m. on March 6, 1967, a taxi drew up to the open gates of the American Embassy on Shantipath Avenue in New Delhi. Watched carefully by the Indian police guard, it proceeded slowly up the circular drive. The passenger in the back seat looked out at the large circular reflecting pool, serene in the fading light. A few ducks and geese still floated among the jets of water rising from its surface. The embassy's exterior walls were constructed of pierced concrete blocks, which gave the building a light, airy look. The woman noted how different this was from the stolid institutional Soviet embassy she had just left. So this was America. Svetlana Alulujeva climbed the wide steps and stared at the American eagle embedded in the glass doors. As David would say, it really is. 
All the important decisions of her life had been taken precipitately. Once she crossed this threshold, she knew that her, her old life would be irrevocably lost to her. She had no doubt that the wrath of the Kremlin would soon fall on her head. She felt defiant. She felt terrified. She'd made the most important decision of her life. She'd escaped, but into what, she had no idea. She did not hesitate. Clutching her small suitcase in one hand, she rang the bell. Danny Wall, the Marine guard on desk duty, opened the door. He looked down at the small woman standing before him. She was middle-aged, neatly dressed, nondescript. He was about to tell her the embassy was closed when she handed him her passport. He blanched. He locked the door behind her and led her to a small adjacent room. He then phoned Robert Rail, the second secretary of the embassy, who was in charge of walk-ins, defectors. Rail had been out, but when he, in, he returned the call minutes later, Wall gave him the secret code indicating the embassy had a Soviet defector on its hands, the last thing Rail was expecting on a quiet Monday evening in the Indian capital. When Rail arrived at the embassy at 7.25, he was pointed to a room where a woman sat talking with Consul George Huey. She turned to Rail as he entered, and almost the first thing she said to him was, well, you won't believe this, but I'm Stalin's daughter. Rail looked at the demure, suddenly attractive woman with copper hair and pale blue eyes who stared steadily back at him. She did not fit his idea of, the, of his image of Stalin's daughter, though what that image was, he could not have said. She handed him her Soviet passport. At a quick glance, he saw the name, Citizeness Svetlana Yosefovna Aleluyeva. Yosefovna was the correct patronymic, meaning daughter of Joseph. He went through the possibilities. She could be a Soviet plant. She could be a counter-agent. She could be crazy. George Huey asked nonplus, so you say you're Stalin's daughter, the Stalin? <laughs> As the officer in charge of walk-ins from the Soviet bloc, Rail was responsible for confirming her authenticity. After a brief interview, he excused himself and went to the Embassy Communications Center where he cabled headquarters in Washington, demanding all files on Svetlana Yosefovna Aleluyeva. The answer came back within an hour. No traces. Headquarters knew nothing at all about her. There were no CIA files, no FBI files, no State Department files. The U.S. government didn't even know Stalin had a daughter. But Svetlana's life always seemed to dangle on a thread, and chance or fate sent her one way rather than another. She would come to call herself a gypsy. Stalin's daughter, always living in the shadow of her father's name, would never find a safe place to land. Thank you. I would like to invite uh, perhaps the most literary of the stray dogs of our little core dog pack to the stage. A woman who needs no introduction and still, I will say her name. Please welcome Anne Michaels. It's a dog, Anne. It's a dog. And... Uh, the child and the empty chair that you were talking about. This, this short piece goes out to that child, and you'll see why. 
Balestra. I was 14. He was 10 years older. I was in summer theater school. He taught stage fighting, fencing. We learned first touch, riposte, parry and circle parry, encortada and remise. We wore the mesh mask, the plastron and the gloves. We learned how to meet an opposing force so its power becomes ours. How collision instantly becomes collusion. Afterwards, he wore a swordsman's shirt with his jeans, a waistcoat and pocket watch, his long hair and a soldier's queue tied with a black ribbon. He was the only person I'd ever met who knew the music of Bert Yanch, and we listened to Rosemary Lane together in his mother's house, a thousand years of British folk song crammed into that bent voice. One Sunday, we visited his sister in hospital recovering from a back operation. She pushed a metal cage up and down the corridor, and with each step, I saw the weight of her pain roll across his shoulders to the floor. Like a tree shuddered by an arrow, I felt the shock of their tenderness. On the streetcar home, we held hands. In the back of his mother's house, we lay on the sun porch. He told me his mother couldn't see very well, and if we were quiet, she wouldn't even know I was there. She knew. She smiled as she moved through the dim kitchen. The three of us were smiling in that summer dusk. We lay quietly on the sun porch at night, the moon porch. A fuse burning up one side of our bodies as we lay beside each other. We heard a night bird. A quiet breeze started up among the leaves. It reached my bare legs and under my cotton dress. Passavant, pass arrière, phrase d'armes. We heard a game of night tag in the neighbor's garden, a woman calling time for a tub and the opening and slam of a screen door. We were still holding hands. The whole day drifted over us. We fell asleep. The moon rose while we were sleeping and flooded the porch like a tide. It has taken 50 years to understand how such a flow of desire could feel like peace. Years to understand how to fall. And my toast. Thank you so much for uh, being uh, at the dog, being stray dogs. Um, thank you for the gifts of uh, words and music. Um, Anahit, Rosemary, and Michaels. <laughs> Colleen, David, and David Sarita, thank you very much. Um, thank you to the Young Center and to Soul Pepper, and thank you, Colleen, for working your Soul Pepper resident artist magic. And imagine they had us back. <laughs> crazy, those crazy Soul Pepper people. Believe it or not, we have a—we're on Facebook, so uh, you know, 
You can look up me on Facebook. I am not the UFO guy. I am not the UFO David Sweeta. I just tell you that right now, okay? I am not the UFO guy. Face bark. Face bark. There you go. There you go. We'll start our own. We could start our own. Face bark. Traveling in some vehicle, sitting in some cafe, a defector from the petty wars, the shell shock love away. Discomfort and melancholy when there's no need to explain. It's just as natural as the weather in this moody sky today. And I possess a coupling, so much could not be expressed. So now I am returning to myself. These things that you suppress I see something of myself in everyone just at this moment of the world the snow gathers like bolts of lace waltzing on a bridal Of extremities, I stick to some straight line. Now there's a man and a woman sitting on a rock. They're either gonna fall or freeze. Listen, strains of Colleen Allen flowing through the pine touch of a stranger could set up a trembling in my bones I know no one's gonna show me everything we all come and go I know each so deep and superficial between the forceps and the stone
the granite markers Those tributes to finality, to eternity And then I looked at myself here Chicken scratching for my immortality In the church they light the candles And the wax rolls down like tears There is the hope and the hopelessness I've witnessed these fifty years We're only particles of change I know, I know Orbiting around the sun But how can I have that point of view When I'm always bound and tied to someone White flags of winter chimneys Waving truce against the moon of a modern bank From the mirrors of my hotel room I'm traveling in some vehicle Suited in some cafe, a defector from the petty wars to love sucks me back that way. You've been listening to our podcast of highlights from this past Saturday's Soul Pepper Cabaret, Furtive and Fervent, a Stray Dog Salon, featuring resident artist and saxophonist Colleen Allen, poet and novelist Anne Michaels, guitarist-composer David Gray, and singer-songwriter David Sarita. Be sure to join us this coming Saturday here at the Young Centre. Denzel Sinclair is back with his final installment of the series he's calling Look What They've Done to My Song, Volume 4, Resetting the Standards. If you've missed the earlier installments, they're all available as podcasts, as are all of our Saturday cabarets, at soulpepper.ca, or you can subscribe to our cabaret podcasts on iTunes. Music programming at Soul Pepper is made possible by a multi-year gift from the Slate family. 
And our audio programs are thanks to the support of Richard Wernham and Julia West. Kelly Reed is the producer of the Cabaret series, and our podcasts are produced by Gregory J. Sinclair. I'm Albert Schultz. Thanks for listening.